Catherine, as she prefers, um, to come up and share over the word. So let's give her a hand as she comes. Good. Good morning, church. How good was that? We probably could go home already. <laughs> um, yes, it's been a, a busy month in the Wells household, and I feel like it's always a busy month in our household. So sometimes amongst the stretch, it's not uncommon for me to be writing reports till 11, 11 o'clock at night. So sometimes when I have to prepare this, it can feel like a stretch, but you know, May God never let me be sick of doing this or tired or weary because I can honestly say that preparing from his word with purpose on a topic to, you know, share with you guys is honestly probably like the most favorite thing I do in my world. So may you be encouraged this morning. Maybe you will see, um, you know, things from the Bible from a new perspective. So that's my prayer for you this morning. I want to open up by not myself singing, but actually I've got a few um, lines of a song by Amy Grant that basically opens up my message this morning. I'm speaking and basing this message around Psalm 119, 105, and the title of my message is Footsteps um, in the Light. So Footsteps in the Light. So what I want you to do, guys, is just right now close your eyes, and as we um, put on this song, I just want you to imagine, imagine this verse from the Bible, from Psalms, and just think about it in terms of your life, where you're at, and what it maybe could do for you. Take it away, Ebs. Thank you. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto Beautiful, hey? I want you to actually see the light. It might move over a bit. <laughs> All right. It's beautiful, isn't it? When you actually close your eyes and just, like, I don't know about you guys, but I just, when I think of this verse, I just imagine this vision of Jesus, you know, leading me everywhere I go. Literally a lamp for my every footstep, a beautiful lantern, and just Jesus going before me, lighting up the path, loving me, protecting me, guiding me, and not just the step each step ahead. Um, I think we have a picture, yeah. Not just each step ahead like on here, but actually like the the path right ahead is illuminated for us. You know, the direction that God wants us to follow is lit up when we follow him. And I think, you know, his word reveals, you know, intersections that are ahead. It gives us perspective of what's to come. So that's a beautiful picture, right? But is that how it looks on our lives? You know, is that a reality for us? Or do we sometimes feel stuck, not knowing what direction to go in? Do we sometimes wonder why bad stuff happens to us? 
Or can we just let our light go out a little bit? Now, I think as a sinner living amongst other sinners in a broken world, we experience darkness every day. You know, and although we can, you know, walk along a plethora of beautiful beaches here, we can climb Pigeon House Mountain, we can eat hot chips with our kids at Burial Lake, you know, we have amazing things here in God's creation. But the reality is, is that much more of life is like walking Mount Bushwalker at midnight. It's dark, there's no torchlight, we stumble around, struggling to see the rocks or the uneven ground around us, and we're trying not to fall down. You know, when the Bible was written, there was no electricity. There was no street lamps to guide people's way. So people knew if they didn't carry lanterns, they would fall into open sewers, they would stumble over rubble, and they would likely to fall down. You know, I think it would be pretty safe to say that there's many people in the world who would experience more darkness, more stumbling around in the dark, without direction, fearful of where they're going to fall, than they would experience the truth and the light, both internally and externally. And I, I think this psalm, in, like the passage in Psalm 119, is this beautiful picture of how God wants us to navigate this dark world, a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So just breaking that down a little bit, um, I believe that the lamp to our feet is like this. I think it's because it lights up every little footstep, is everyday challenges. So it guides each little step, helps us to make wise decisions, good choices. You know, maybe we're just having a bad day, but just that little step ahead that we need to take helps us to choose positive words, help us to avoid trips or pitfalls. And then also, it's a light to our path ahead because it helps us discern consequences of, you know, a road ahead, whether that's good or bad. And we wouldn't know the way God had planned for us unless we knew how to follow his word and be guided by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak to us just to astound other people with our brilliance. He guides and he lights the road ahead to give us wisdom and instruction for our life and how that can impact others. The light should not be something we turn on and off. We don't switch it on when we have time or when we feel like we've had a good day and we want to be like super spiritual or, you know, when we're desperate and we're crying out because all else has failed. God doesn't say in the Bible, switch me on when you need me because let's face it, we need light for everything. We need light for our marriages, our parenting, our jobs, for our relationships with people and might I add, especially Christians when people sin against us to help us deal with the unexpected, when we get sick, when we have anxiety, or just generally feeling overwhelmed, which is something I know well. We need light. We need Jesus and his words, a guiding light to remind us to look ahead and not take our eyes off the footsteps right in front of us. In John 8 and 12, it says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but have life, have the light of life. In the beginning, there was complete darkness, and God said, let there be light. So there was light from darkness. You know, we are not the source of light, God is. But with his word in us, we are like mirrors that reflect that light. We shine it for others to see God in us. In John 1, 4 and 5, it says, the word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Don't, I just find that like so cool that you know that there, wherever there's little areas of darkness, we know that light. As you turn on a light switch, as Ed prayed this morning, the darkness is gone. It's, the, the light enters, and the dark's gone. It's abolished. But sometimes, you know, there's areas of darkness 
that hide in the little parts of us. And all we need to do is have that light turned on. It gets rid of the darkness. So as we meditate on the word, the word brings light into areas, many areas of our life where we're in darkness, and the darkness cannot remain there. Light exposes the dark areas, and it, yeah, and, it, and it's gone, it's abolished. So I believe in a similar way, this is why it says in James 4 and 7, it says, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Because God is light, you know, and light distinguishes the darkness, so the devil has to flee. There is no place for darkness in a place of light. But the devil will try hard to get you to stay in that place of darkness. He will try and get you to focus your eyes away from God, move your eyes away from his light and remain stuck in that bad place. I don't know about you guys, but I was really afraid of the dark as a child. And the devil is cunning. I remember being stuck in that place of fear for many years. And I would often wake up in the night desperate for that need that Colin was talking about. So I had to walk from my room across this corridor like over the hallway into um, the toilet room. And I remember just thinking, once I'm outside of those covers, I'm exposed. And so I would run as fast as I could over to the toilet, do my business, like get back as soon as I could, get under the covers, and then I felt like I could go back to sleep. But you know, we shouldn't be afraid of the dark. You know, we have full access to the light. And the darkness holds no place in the light, it extinguishes it. So without light, it's like being in a dark and unfamiliar room. You know, I'm no longer afraid of, of the dark in the way I was as a child. But you know, like, if you go and... It sounds like I do a lot of toileting in the middle of the night. Maybe I drink too much. But you know, if I go and stay in a hotel somewhere or, you know, maybe at a friend's house where I'm unfamiliar with the room, I have been known many a times, that's why they'll contest to this, that there'll be this sudden, like, bang in the middle of the night. And you'll be like, what are you doing? What's, what's going on? And I'll be like, I'm desperate to pee and I can't find the door. <laughs> you know, and I think, you know, like that's, sometimes I think this verse is a bit like that, you know, like we can be stumbling around in the dark, you know, just not knowing the direction that we're going in. And all we need is the light of God's word. I believe that's like the world that we um, basically walk in when we're just, when we take our eyes, you know, off God, even for a second. You know, I think we all know, we all, we're, we all come here for a reason and we all have God's light in certain aspects of our lives. But, you know, we need that path ahead to be illuminated and we, ne- we, we need to make sure that we don't ever take our eyes off, off the goal. So why, as Christians, do we struggle and stumble? You know, why are, people, why are more people that are not Christians not attracted to this incredible light, the light of life? I wonder if it's because we're afraid of what the light exposes in us. You know, many people can't cope with the thought of being a Christian for what the light and the law exposes in them. In John 3, 20 and 21, it says, Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly what they have done. So what, what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Can we be a little afraid sometimes of what the light exposes in us? Yeah, ever since I was young, I've had a very strong conscience, a really significant sense of what's right and wrong. And since I've become a Christian, I think that's really enhanced. But sometimes it's hard because it brings me to, uh, brings me to a place of just knowing how wretched I can be. 
And when I look at that yardstick of how I should measure myself, I can feel really ugly. But you know what? We shouldn't be afraid of what the light exposes, and I'll tell you why. There's a beautiful example in the Bible of a lady whose sin was exposed and brought into the light, and God's grace brings her to a place of forgiveness, allowing her to truly walk free in that light. Can you believe I've forgotten my, bring my Bible up? So let me grab that. It's rather essential up here, isn't it? So it's from John 8, 1 to 11. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him, saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stood de- stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and he said, All right, but let the, f- let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. I love that story. You know, this lady, you know, when she was brought in front of the religious people, it would have been a very dark and devastating moment for her. She would have felt extreme shame and humiliation. Knowing the law, she would have understood that this could have been the end of her life. Meanwhile, the Pharisees, you know, they thought they were pretty clever because they thought, yes, we've got him. We've trapped him. Let's see what he's going to do now. Yeah, this is the law. This is what we can follow through. He's, he's done. But Jesus says something brilliant. He says, he who is without sin cast the first stone. And from the oldest to the youngest, they walked away. So I believe this is what we can take from this story. The law, it reveals our guilt. So sometimes, you know, it's hard thinking that you bring something into the light because it exposes you and you might feel that shame and humiliation. It reveals our guilt. But even if we're not adulterers and you might think, oh, well, that's okay because I'm not an adulterer. I'm, I'm a pretty good person. I don't have to worry about that. But in Jeremiah 17 and 9, it says... The heart is deceitful above all things. So not one of us is exempt from this. But thank goodness, God's love. So the law reveals our guilt, but love reveals God's grace. Jesus did not condemn this woman, and neither should we condemn others. It's not our place to judge. And thirdly, light. Light exposes the law, and love reveals our hope. This is the hope that we walk in. So we can walk as children of light because of Jesus, because of what he did for us and because of what he stands for. You know, Jesus doesn't ever regret what he did for us. If we repent of our dark places, he is faithful to forgive. And that should be a message of hope to each one of us to never be afraid to step you know, into those places and reveal everything into the light because he will be surely ready to forgive you. Do you know how many times I've said sorry about the same thing over and over when I do wrong? And I won't give up, not till I'm clean, 
So I'll be doing that for my lifetime. You know, I'll keep exposing my sin in the light to let God gracefully change me and clean me out. You know, David is my inspiration in the Bible to keep going and keep repenting, keep striving towards that light. You know, his Psalms are so beautiful. They're full of repentance and, you know, then he's showing God's grace and, and David's praise. Do you remember in um, like old style cameras where you'd get the film and you had the negatives and that those negatives on the film reel, you had to process them in a dark room. Some of us, mostly, most of us apart from Perns would probably send them away in the post and they'd come back all beautiful prints. Perns might be one that goes to the dark room and processes the negatives. Um, but in the middle of that process, if someone was to open the door, and expose the light on that process, the negatives were ruined. You know, do we hold reels of negative experiences in our minds? Do we replay movies or scenes in our minds of experiences that we'd rather forget? Do we shy from exposing them, afraid of how it will make us feel? Maybe we're shamed and humiliated like that woman in the story. But if we expose these things to the light of God's word and to his Holy Spirit, instantly the darkness is gone, the negative is ruined. So darkness holds no place when it's exposed to the light. Darkness is sin and the light is the truth. It shows me where there's still sin in my flesh. So my job then is to love the truth, to acknowledge that there's sin in my life and that needs to be cleaned out. The word of God then can come so I can choose, God, choose God's words over my desires when I'm tempted to do otherwise. I just want to think of an example maybe in our own lives. You know, maybe I hear that someone's been speaking badly against me. My immediate reaction would be maybe to be hurt, to be angry, to be offended. But then the light may come and show me that actually it's my own pride and ego that's causing that reaction. Regardless of whether that person is telling the truth about me or not, the truth is actually that my reaction comes from sin in my own flesh. The word tells me, bless those who curse you. you know, and God, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. The light shows me what darkness is still in me. My pride, my self-righteousness, my honor seeking. If I was completely free of all this, nothing anyone said about me would ever offend me. So I have a choice in this situation to love the light and to choose God's word or to continue in darkness. I choose God's word and to use it as a weapon against the sin I see. And that's when you have the blood of Jesus cleanse you from sin. That means that you have to acknowledge the truth. I hate the sin in my, own, in my own flesh and I deny it. This is a simple example. But when, you know, when we love the light, it shows us what we need cleaning up in our life, big or small. And without the light, we're in darkness and can't see what a big mess there is in our flesh or how we need to be transformed. So light, yes, it's judgment. But when we step by step enter into the light and are willing to be judged, we're transformed into Jesus' image. It's a beautiful picture. And all the fruits of the Spirit grow in the light. Jesus' righteous judgment doesn't condemn us. The story of the adulterous woman shows how Jesus' love and grace frees us from that judgment, frees us from darkness and lets us live in the light. And this is what separates us guys from the world. In Ephesians 5 and 8, it says, For you were formerly in darkness, but now you are in the light. Therefore, walk as children of light. You know, there's days when I just get cranky. <laughs> cranky with the kids, cranky with my dogs that won't stop barking, and I can feel this enormous pressure from work. 
You know, and there's, there's those days where I don't feel like I exude any of the fruit of the Spirit. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You know, God's word makes me conscious of my shortcomings. When I think about those things, I think, yeah, this is the yardstick I'm supposed to be measuring myself by. But it never condemns me. It never shouts out and says, you were angry, you were this, you were that. It loves me gently. And it says, this is who you are. This is who you can be. Follow me. Don't take your eyes off me for a moment. You know, it should bring us to our knees begging for forgiveness. And this humble attitude exposes our sin in the light of God's world and we are instantly forgiven, wiped clean, exposing our darkness, bringing into the light. So guys, let's not be afraid and let's not be lukewarm either. Now we should live as bearers of light, not hiding under a basket, not afraid to reveal the light over our lives. In Revelation 3, 15 to 16, it says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold, I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are lukewarm water and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. That sounds pretty harsh, doesn't it? You know, I've just started drinking coffee. Um, I haven't succumbed to drinking it every day. I'm not addicted like the world, but it is amazing. And I still get that like caffeine high because, you know, my body's not, you know, used to it every day. So in town, I've sort of grown this love for this. Two places I love. I love Native as it's nice coffee and you can kind of look over the harbour and it's beautiful. But, you know, if you want, like, the best coffee in town, I have to say, I think Glen and Maddie's Craft Cafe. If you're visitors here and you like your coffee, Craft Cafe coffee is, like, the best. Um, but wherever I go, I always ask for coffee, my coffee extra hot. Because there was once, and not in Ulladulla, but there was one day when I got a really lukewarm cup of coffee. And I have to say, I wanted to spit it out. Lukewarm is neither steaming hot coffee or iced coffee. It's just yuck. <laughs> and I think this is what God is saying to us. You know, lukewarm is like having just a glimmer of Jesus' light. It's like having a nightlife that's just, uh, just dim and you can switch it on and off. Let's not be people like that. This is how our light should look. Matthew 5:14 to 16. You are the light of the world. The picture, beautiful. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Look how beautiful that city looks. No one wants to hide that, right? And there's another verse that says a very similar thing in Luke 11 and 34. But then it goes on to say, your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when it's bad, your body is filled with darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. If you are filled with light, with no, with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant, as though a floodlight were filling you with light. So when your eye is singly gazing heavenward, when you are focusing on, your, don't let your eyes, don't take them off God, not for a moment. Make sure there are no dark corners hiding in the curves and corners of your body. Let's just finish by thinking back to the original scripture this morning. In Psalm 119, if we can just put that, um, yeah, beautiful, Ebs. 
Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So guys, this is my prayer for you this morning. I'm just going to read a passage where that, just a bit of an expanded section of that. And this is my prayer for you. Oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are my constant guide. Yes, I have more insight than my teachers, for I'm always thinking of your laws. I'm even wiser than my elders, for I have kept your commandments. I have refused to walk on any evil path, so that I may remain obedient to your word. I haven't turned away from your regulations, for you have taught me well. How sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. I've promised it once and I'll promise it again. I will obey your righteous regulations. I have suffered much, O Lord. Restore my life again as you promised. Lord, accept my offering of praise and teach me your regulations. My life constantly hangs in the balance, but I will not stop obeying your instructions. The wicked have their traps set for me, but I will not turn from your commandments. Your laws are my treasure, they are my heart's delight, and I am determined to keep your decrees to the very end. So let's close our eyes this morning, guys. Lord, we thank you so much that your light lights our path. Your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And God, I just thank you so much that we just won't give up, not till the very end. We won't give up and we will not take our eyes off you this morning, Lord, or at any stage in our life. We need you so desperately, Lord. We know how broken and dark this world is. And we know that, God, when we take our eyes and we take the focus off you, we can feel like sometimes we're so lost. We can feel like we're stumbling around in the dark. But Lord, all you ask is that we refocus, that we just switch our eyes back to you. Lord, and you promise us that you will give us a lamp to our feet and a light to our path for every situation. So Lord, maybe we'd be encouraged this morning not to be afraid of the dark, not to be afraid of exposing those things in us, but actually excited, excited to actually bring those things to the light. Maybe like Jen said, maybe there is things in our world that have just become baggage that we're afraid to bring to the light for what they may show in us. But Lord, let us climb that mountain. Let us expose ourselves in the light of your beautiful judgment, that it will change us, transform us into the image of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you love each one of us, that you never leave us or forsake us, that you comfort us, you love us, you're perfect in every way. May not any one of us give up and may we fight this fight until the very end. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. How good was that? Thank you, Kath. And ultimately, I love what Kath was talking about, about repentance, that the word is a light unto our path and it can lead us in those things, maybe those things in our heart that we need to work on. You know, the thing I love about God, I was talking to someone this week and she said, um, she, she was a Christian, but she was talking to a non-Christian and the non-Christian said, I could never 
be a Christian. It's just too hard. I couldn't live up to all those, all those rules and those standards. And you know, the thing I love about relationship with Jesus, it's not like you, you walk into a relationship and it's like, all right, you've got to fix all these. Ding, 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 ding. Fix all this. It's like as you walk with Jesus, He leads you, as Kath is saying. His word is a light and a lamp. And there's step by step, you know, His love transforms us. It's not like you have to just have it all ticked off. And, um, and it's different for everyone. Hey, God might be speaking to me about my anger issues or something. <laughs> might be speaking to Josh about his gluttony. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, he's not a glutton. And I don't have anger issues. But anyway, um, <laughs> we're, all, we're all working on different things. Hey, so that's what I love. You know, God might be speaking to you about something. So, but then I could easily go and apply that same standard to the person next to me. But God's not speaking to them about that. So I think grace is... Everyone's on their own journey and God and the Holy Spirit is speaking to each of us differently. And so may we show grace to one another and just champion one another on in that. But Mark Varagis at Shout Conference, we had an awesome time at Shout Conference and we look forward to unpacking more with you guys. I just want to share a couple of thoughts to add to Kath's message. He, he said, your imperfections do not prove God is not alive in you. It just proves that we're still alive. So I just want to encourage you, encourage you in all of that. Yes, there's things that we can work on in our heart always. And, um, but it's not an excuse to not be used by God. It's not an excuse to say, I, I'm inconsistent, I'm imperfect, I can't serve God today or I can't love others today. I think um, we can be so fearful of being hypocritical because there, you know, there is a lot of hypocritical Christians out there that it can cripple us. So I think, yes, I stuffed up, God, help me in this area. I repent and then move on, move forwards. There's no condemnation in Jesus. Yes, there's conviction of the Holy Spirit, but it's only to set us free and empower us to move forwards. And um, he said this, Mark Varagis, have you ever signed up to a gym and met an overweight trainer? Or have you ever met a doctor who smokes? Have you ever met a teacher who is unteachable, a psychologist who has issues, a pastor who doesn't like people? We all have inconsistencies, don't we? But it's no excuse to still not be helping others, to still not be doing what we're called to do. And so I just want to encourage you, you know, as Kath said, let, let's let God go deeper in us, but let's not also make excuses. God's proud of us. Have a go, step out, take a risk. And Mark Varagis also said this, which I love. Even if you're just making a mess, God will send angels to clean up after you. So um, let's step out. Let's take a risk. Let's not wait till we have it all together, church, because that's going to be an eternity. And um, let's believe God to empower us even in our weakness. And if you are struggling with sin, and that's a burden, I encourage you, we can't do it in our own strength. That's one of those burdens we cast onto Jesus. God, I am so struggling with my anger. I'm so struggling with my gluttony. I cast that burden onto you because I can't do it on my own. So let's stand. Let's worship. Let's allow God to go deeper. But let's, as God convicts us, hand those burdens over, repent and move forwards, be empowered to change our world, take some risk and um, yeah, exciting times we're living in. Thank you, Kath, for that awesome message. Let's give her a big hand. What are we going to say?